Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We get to round out the NFC North today. I got to tell you, Andy, it was awesome to kind of stretch our legs and really kind of get into the weeds with the Bears and the Lions in our first ever division, you know, first ever season preview podcast. Uh, that sit well with you too. Any any thoughts after uh, after doing that? You ready, ready to keep uh, keep keep churning the uh, the wheel here? Yeah, we didn't catch a lot of shit from Bears Twitter. I think they. Uh... They haven't gotten to it yet, probably. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, no one's listening to us uh, anymore. We just, yeah, we, no one's listening. Shouting it, shouting into the ether. No, I, I had one Bears fan actually reach out. Like, yeah, he's he, he's a realistic Bears fan. He's like, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. He's hoping, <laughs> he's kind of in the spot too. He's like, yeah, whatever situation ends up where we uh, clean house. He's like, this is Garpax too. Carpax too. Oh my goodness, I had not thought of that. But it that the yeah, parallels I'm, I'm paraphrasing, are real. But yeah, the sequel. Oh He, 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 br- he brought up Garpax, and it just made me laugh. I'm like, God, it's the same thing, right? Oh my goodness, interesting. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, real quick, I guess before getting into this though, I just wanted to get. I'm, I'm going through. I'm getting my stuff fired up here for golf i'm still betting some some golf here there not quite as heavy into this as you are obviously um but that uh, uh playoff yes we have <laughs> been every week, baby. Yes, every week. They, they they haven't fixed the price on that i'm sure of it um and i don't know what's your thought on what happens to the course this week relative to last week like is this this isn't going to be another scorer's paradise right like there's going to be no. some differences yeah, talk to a few different people on that. I tried to make a joke about it, and sure enough, stopped on it with his his uh, Canadian sense of humor, I guess. And well, I mean, he was just trying to be helpful, like he was dropping information about it. But yeah, they talked about it right away. I mean, they, they talked about it before they had this. This is the first time since 1957 they'll play the same course two times in a row. Oh, I, wow. I didn't even go look at what. Wow, like I would have thought maybe first time since you know god knows when like the 1910s when she's like this is the only course here <laughs> all we have is augusta we're going out and playing the course again what are you talking yes about? but um no i guess it's done before but they did they did talk about it before they had the uh workday charity open they said it will not be the same course two weeks in a row obviously we don't need that they said uh you know they're going to save some of the traditional pin placements from the memorial they're going to move some tee boxes around, make the angles of your tee shot different, I guess. They're going to let the rough grow out. Um, they're going to – the speed of the greens will be tougher. Like, there's going to be a bunch of things that do end up different. It's going to be playing a lot tougher. And then also, they just haven't had the rain. It, it's making out a little. Car course might not be quite as soft. Mm-hmm. So the greens might not be as receptive. Definitely not going to be – there's not going to be somebody that's 20 under par at some point during the tournament. It's not going to play like that. So it'll be interesting. It's, you know, at the same time, some people have said, well, you can't just, it's not the same tournament. So you can't rank everyone the same. I'm like, yeah, I know, but still like I'm so high on approach shot guys that it's still a second shot course. It's still, you still need some decent approach shots. Like, nothing about uh, my, yeah. nothing about that has changed. Yeah, my a lot of my rankings haven't changed. Um, it's 
it's super tricky to, uh, you know, obviously I've never done this as far as the same course two weeks in a row. So I'm just kind of sticking to my process, made some small adjustments. I've got some head to heads going. I've made a halfway tongue in cheek bet on tiger, but I still like, I, I told myself if it opened anything over 20 to one, I'd bet it. And it was 25. Oh, there you go. And do it for the contents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just talked to somebody about that. Like they could have opened that at 18 and people would have hammered it anyway. Like, yeah, you don't right. have to, like, yeah. You don't have to do people a favor like that. So oh, it'll yeah. be, it'll be really exciting. Great field. They say like the overall strength of this field is that of a major. Mm-hmm. They said that even this might be a stronger field than what we're going to see at the masters this fall. So that, weird to say that. That is, you played that, you, you could not have played that statement any more perfectly to the question I was going to ask you next. What is the adjustment here for Colin Morikawa's price? Because he was in the thirties last week. And now this is a much tougher field. <laughs> the presumed, based on what you said, the putting is going to potentially be a hell of a lot harder. We know he's not good at that. Why is he 18 to one this week? Yeah, maybe it's it's the thing I said about Tiger, but they did it with Colin after everybody, you know, everybody's betting golf all of a sudden. He got a lot more public money, and they just said, well, if uh, if the public wants to pet him again, we're going to make him pay because, yeah, he, he shouldn't be there. He should be – if uh, if the pricing across the outrights is commensurate with where some of the matchups are like he's actually fadeable in some matchups if they're putting mm-hmm. him up against other 18 to one golfers like yeah, he, he should still be 28 30 to one like he he's a good player great great irons but uh, the way the irons are going to land on the greens with some of these pin placements it's going to take some it's going to take some noodles you gotta you gotta be a smart golfer and sometimes like taking the risk or really i mean going for a, a really nice iron shots to land to give yourself a short putt might not be the answer with some of these pin placements because i just i just worry about some of the pin placements where you give yourself the short putt when you end up with a you know in one of the landing areas in the green it could be one of those where that's not the putt you want that's not the part of the green you wanted to land on because if you don't if you don't end up making that you're you're going to three jacket because the pin was placed up on like a crest or a saddle or downhill. I, I don't know if some of the, I've talked to some people about some of the pin placement. They've just said it's going to be difficult. So I, I'm not excited to back a guy who struggles with the putter. So that's uh yeah, Morikawa's not for me, but he wasn't for me last week either. Yeah. So yeah. that worked out for me. <laughs> All right. Well, that thank you for helping me understand that better. That makes total sense. Um, because yeah, I looked at it. I was like, wait a second. You're telling me he had a three percent chance to win last week, and now he's got a five percent chance. That's ridiculous. Um, but uh, okay. Yeah, this good, field. Good. The field is tough. Like there's some really good golfers here. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be a ton of fun. Like there's gonna be some some pretty big damn names that might miss the cut. Just it's uh this is fun. This is gonna be a great tournament. I'm super excited. I. I say this. I said Speaking this to a couple of. people. Like, man, ooh, ooh, ooh. like the grinding four four days of golf, and then that empty feeling you have. Like, I just sit there and open the PGA app and be like, oh no, I don't have anyone golfing right now. It's Monday morning. Well, I'm not going to be a hater, but are there players that the price is right to bet to miss the cut? 
get some big fat numbers on that. Oh yeah, I bet Ricky Fowler to miss the cut for a few shekels just to piss someone off. What was the? <laughs> That's not very nice. I know who you're talking about. He's a great guy. Oh yeah, well um, he bet Tiger to miss the cut. I, oh, they're, they're, you, oh they're it was reciprocity. Swift, that was reciprocity. Swift, I see. Yeah, swift retribution. I see. No, I kind of looked at those. There are some massive numbers on a few guys. Like, if you want to bet Bryson has a bad week, you like five to one. Justin Bryson, I don't see those things happening. Rory, he's going to play well. Can't lay one this last year. He's four and a half to one to miss the cut. But like uh, a younger guy, maybe good irons player. Not the best uh, getting out of trouble with the chipping and some of the scrambling. Victor Hovland's like. Three point plus three seventy five to miss the cut. Ooh, interesting, something like that. Even Morikawa, like plus three twenty five, bit of the winning a trophy hangover. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I'm too interested in some of that, but it's worth looking at. Yeah, didn't he miss the cut after he just didn't quite? Didn't he? He missed the cut first ever missed cut on as a professional. So this is obviously you know it's a low probability <laughs> event apparently. <laughs> but uh, he went to that uh, playoff and lost. I feel like he missed the cut the next week, didn't he? Yeah, like the first ever. I think it was the week after. I don't know. Yeah. They've all kind of. They've all kind of. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I looked. Times a flat like, circle. I'm yeah. like, there's been six tournaments. I didn't think. I thought there was like four. I'm like, wow, <laughs> shit really got away from me. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, time is time is totally lost. All you know, all meaning at this point. Um, so with that, let's spend an hour and a half <laughs> talking about the NFC North. Um, this is going to be a very tough one. I don't know that we're going to take a strong stand on who's going to win this division. Um, I'm not. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't really know. Um, there are bettable angles on these two teams we're going to get to today, the Packers and the Vikings. Um, we talked about how we were going to decide what order we were going to go through these teams. And I think we're effectively using our expected proxy, you know, our expected uh, finishing order uh, as kind of a proxy for going through these. Uh, and uh, let's talk about Packers first, and then we'll leave the Vikings for last. Yeah, How's that it's, sound? it's a coin toss. You know, they, we could definitely see we were a little a little warm on the Lions. We, we're not putting it out there that they can't get eight, nine wins, and even the Bears if things shake out right. Like, this is, like we said, the AFC God, South dude. of the NFC, but, like, uh, if, you know, if those teams stay in their basement – it's really a coin flip for me between these top two teams. So I did we, we actually tried to discuss it. Like who should we do first? And like, fuck, it doesn't matter. They're both about the same. Again, we're on like the same exact wavelength because I was just going to ask you how many wins is it going to take to win like, the NFC North this year? It could be a nine win champ. Right? Yeah, I think so. Why not? <laughs> Why nine, not? Yeah. Nine or 10 wins. I don't think we see a, well, especially, I mean, we're starting with the Packers. Let's just, let's get the elephant out of the room. They weren't a 13-win team last year. Yes. Ludic- what Ludic- were they? What were they? I've a few different metrics from a few different places. I'll put it right around 10. Okay. I whether have you, whether Yeah, whether you want to go just straight um, Pythag, you want to weigh the, what their DVOA projected or their you know expected wins from a few other metrics yeah right right under right under 10 mm, so okay 
So how exactly did they get to 13? <laughs> what was the secret that got rookie head coach Matt LaFleur uh, to the number two seed in the NFC? Uh, An NFC title NFC game. Title game. <laughs> yes. yes. They, they had a bye. They, they won against another fraudulent team, and then they ran up against the Niners. That was uh, um, close games. I don't want to say it was like close game luck. They have the they were built for that. Like if they got a lead, they were pretty risk averse, and it worked out that they won. Uh, what? Um, it's nine out of ten one score games. Oh. Oh. I mean, what do we know? What What do we know about that particular statistic? It's uh, how repeatable is that? That sort of stuff isn't terribly repeatable. (laughs) While regression is tough to make statistically as a sell over small sample sizes, there is history for this. Teams that you know have a huge jump like this. They the year before they were. Oh man, well I mean, what was their twenty eighteen record? I'm trying. They were like six and ten. They were. they they were. but they uh, seven. They were seven and nine, seven and then and nine, six yeah. and ten. Yeah, the two years before that, and then huge jump to thirteen. Teams that make that giant jump, that have some outlier stuff like this, where they win all the close games, they they usually take a precipitous drop back. Especially, yeah. they. I mean, it was a good defense. They picked up some good players. The Smith boys did really well. They had yeah. double-digit sacks by two guys. It's been a while for that to happen for them. And, but, yeah, it doesn't uh, – There, oh, that stat from uh, – we give him some shit, but he doesn't put out the worst preview book, Mr. Sharp. Um, over the last 30 years, 52 teams have improved by six games or more from one year to the last. Zero won the same amount of games the next year. Wow. On average, yeah, and, and like, uh, I mean, just – on average, they lose like six more games than they lost the year before. Hmm. It's usually a, it's like the v, the V shaped recovery that the economy is doing <laughs> in in reverse. Yeah, it's an upside down V. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, from my memory, um, their season was kind of highlighted by just a be- just a brilliant start, um, but it was a soft. Uh, it was a very, very soft, um, out of the gate schedule for them. They had, um, most of their home games. Uh, I want to say, boy, five out of seven or something, or six out of eight of the first week, their first eight weeks, five, I think it was five out of seven, five of the first seven weeks where they were at home, three of them home back to back to back. Um, a lot of their easier opponents, they didn't have to travel very much. When they did travel, like out to LA to play the Chargers, they embarrassed themselves. Um, when they went oh up against, God, especially tough, such a weird game. <laughs> they got lucky. Uh, they drew KC with Matt Moore, didn't they? Yeah, I'm pretty so sure did, they did. So did the Vikings. They lost to him. <laughs> well, that's a different story. Um, but uh, you know, they 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 had a lucky couple lucky wins. Uh, otherwise, uh, the win against Detroit, I remember specifically, was extremely lucky. Um, they're win against many their win against minnesota week two was was kind of telltale for their whole season i felt like they had a first 15 scripted plays that was brilliant in that game 
they went out to like a 21 to nothing lead, if I remember right, or 21 three. Yeah, I was doing a, a sports book <laughs> review down in Iowa, and all the you know all the Vikings fans were packed in there, and they were sad. Ooh, and, then, they were and honestly, sad. just from a, like an entertainment standpoint, that game kind of sucked. It was super because bad. Green Bay yeah, just you know ground to bad. a halt. Yeah, it was unwatchable. Because it was a it was like 21 nothing or something like that, and then. They failed to make it. any meaningful adjustments from that point, but they still managed to hold on. Kirk Cousins, I think, threw a game ceiling pick at the end of that game. Uh, and that was kind of, I felt like that game really was illustrative of a lot of the way that they won most of their games, which was a good start and then hang on for dear life as their coach failed to make meaningful adjustments at halftime. Uh, I felt like this was a kind of team where any week I was interested in backing them. I was like, you know what? I feel a lot better at backing them first half than full game because, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't and every time they were in prime time, I feel like we talked about it. Like we should be fading these guys at halftime like that. Like every single opportunity I feel like was a, was a bet against at halftime with these guys. Um, the only game I remember seeing the Packers play all season in 2019, where they were even remotely impressive was their week 16 win on the road at, at Minnesota um, Christmas Eve-ish they hung uh, they, they, they beat them all three phases soundly when Minnesota was fighting for the NFC North still uh, and that was that um, locked them up a, uh, a bye and uh, you know, an easy uh, divisional opponent matchup against the fraudulent Seahawks team uh, and the rest is history um, their turnover margin was positive last year that's again is tough to repeat, except for the fact that they have a quarterback who is notoriously um, protective of the football. Maybe the only thing you can still say about Aaron Rodgers is he does not, uh, he is not a quarterback who's prone to the giveaway. Because of that, he kind of has a very stable expected performance. Uh, however, we've seen it decline precipitously over the last six years. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Aaron Rodgers' general decline in performance? Uh, and do we have any sign, any glimpse, any is there a motivate? There's probably is there a motivational angle after drafting a quarterback? Is there something about Aaron Rodgers as we head into 2020 that changes your feelings about him as a quarterback for today's NFL? It's awful hard to take. American dollars and make a bet based on Aaron Rodgers might, might be mad because they drafted yes. the quarterback. You know, thank you. <clears throat> thank like you. The, the narrative's there, but don't, if that's what you're basing a wager on, like, oh man, they're going to be good because he's, they got him riled. His blood's boiling. <laughs> like, I mean, he should be mad at the front office for just screwing up the draft, I guess had some people who were really keen on like, Oh, you just take best player available. When, when is the best player available? Like a tight end fullback combo guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, you still have needs and it was like a pretty good wide receiver draft. And then just to, to reach for it. To that too. Oh yeah. They went like, it's like tight. I mean, the guy's a tight end slash fullback, but it essentially tight end running back quarterback. There's your first three picks. When you have a glaring need for receivers, I don't think I can get into it all because it is it's well written. Uh Football Outsiders Almanac came out today. They have a bunch of information 
about just Aaron Rodgers kind of slow, but not, not terribly noticeable to the naked eye decline over the last handful of years. And it's just uh, his numbers aren't as good. And he kind of hides it because, God, should I make fun of uh, Orlovsky here? <laughs> like his interceptions don't look bad. And when you look at something from the absolute surface without scratching at all, you look at, you know, touchdowns and interceptions. He had the most throwaways last year. He takes a lot of sacks. He doesn't throw picks because he's never going to force it. He's going to hurt the team by, and yeah, you know, obviously an interception is much, much worse than throwing it away. But if you're throwing it away the most in the league, you might be throwing it away too much. Sure. And if you're, you know, taking the sacks at the rate he does, he, he's just not uh, he's not taking any calculated risks anymore. And you, you do got to give the guy a break. Like, he's had kind of a shitty receiving core for, uh, I don't know, recent history? A while now. It's been rough. Like, it's a, it's a bad plan, I think, when you have a decent uh, aging quarterback to just never give him good receivers. I'm not 100% sure what that uh, – what the idea behind that is and the continuation of that into this year's draft. And, you know, Adams was dinged up at the beginning of last year and the rest of the guys were, you know, marginal starters. But at the same time, I probably encourage people to like buy. I don't want to tell people to buy something like they're not paying us to pump it, but the football outsiders really go deep on some of this stuff. The almanac's good. And there's, paragraph after paragraph kind of detailing just how Aaron's numbers have gone over the years. I mean, it's, it's been like a five year kind of drop on his, in most of his metrics where he's just, he's not an elite quarterback anymore. Like Kyler Murray can be mad about his, uh, his Madden rating, but I'm mad mad about it too. Maybe Madden, maybe Madden's kind of right. So yeah, the, you know, they had a 13 and three season, even if they didn't deserve it, uh, I, it's just puzzling the off season, the off, the off season, season that they had that they that they went this way. And uh, conspiracy theory, Andy, for once, instead of conspiracy theory, Drew, go for it. Maybe Lafleur isn't as dumb as we think. Uh, wow. And, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I don't think Lafleur's dumb. That was a bad way to phrase that. Like he, even. You know, even if they only deserve ten wins, that would have been an improvement. They were six and ten the year before. If That's you go true. six and ten to ten to six, I still I'm still happy about you as a as a rookie head coach. Like that's still a good season. But maybe he knew, hey, we were a ten win team essentially. Like we got lucky, we weren't as good as we made out to be. We might not have deserved to be in the NFC title game. Maybe this isn't the year we make a huge splash, you know, shoot for, I don't know what they could have, you know, maybe like a, I don't know if Manuel Sanders would have fit in the cap space they had, but that, that might've been a bit of a reach, but at least you know, like trading up for get your guy in the draft. Well, maybe how in the world did the Saints afford him? <laughs> I know everything's home. Man. You wait till you get to the Vikings and start talking yeah, cap right. space. But uh, maybe he said, this isn't, this isn't the right time to make a run at this. Yeah, I guess Rogers isn't getting any younger. I, I try to push this theory through my head, and it doesn't. It, all the pieces don't quite fit. But I don't know what else to. 
attribute this offseason to? Like, do you have a theory on that? Besides, like, that's my that's my only theory I can think of is Lafleur in the front office decided we they just, just they're, we they're just we weren't, they're we weren't yeah they they face reality we weren't you know this damn close to a Super Bowl in in all reality we lucked our way into a bye we lucked our way into playing another fraudulent team we got shit canned by the Niners and that's that like we we probably are looking at another 10 win season best case and let's just build some depth and draft draft best player available and not go nuts in free agency. Mm-hmm. That's that's okay. the only thing I can think of. I don't know what your theory is. I guess let's explore it in a little bit more detail because I'm not really willing to give the front office or no, I don't want floor any or ownership kind of credit or ownership. Well, <laughs> 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 I'm not willing to give them much of any credit in terms of uh, kind of vision that's that sophisticated. Um, Owners sitting down at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'll put a pin in your Aaron Rodgers thoughts by saying it's a problem to have a quarterback who is that talented. That's this, you know, he's, he's, the talent is not the problem. It is, it seems to be entirely decision making. Um, and I think the previous season when they were six and 10, you could hang almost all of that on Rodgers because he was really unwilling to take chances to create comebacks. And if you were the Packers and you were down at any point by more than two scores or even by more than one, but you know, two scores or more, if you were down, uh, it was pretty much game over for you two years ago. And I felt like that did carry through last year. Like, both San Francisco games during the regular season and the NFC title game, uh, I had San Francisco bets on. And I remember seeing them up two scores and being like, okay, we can turn this off. This is over. I never really felt like the comeback threat was there with him, which is wild to say, because for the most part, I tend to look at a team and I look at the quarterback and I look at the you know, re- you know receiving threats and you know, just generally the offensive line and just the offensive system. And you would think with a quarterback who's as well regarded as Rodgers, that the comeback potential would be there. It's, but it's just not, which means if they didn't get off to especially good starts again, uh, like they did last year, unless they're playing the lines, I guess that's a good point. That's a fair, very, 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 very point. Those, and those are um, just weird outlier games. Yeah. And, uh, Both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, last year's too. <laughs> um, but the potential for them to make a comeback, I just don't think is there against elite teams. Uh, so I'm not really ever willing to buy into them at being true NFC contenders. Uh, and I don't know what has to change about Rogers' mentality. He's you know it's, he's such an old dog at this point. I don't think he can you know go back in time and you know, make him take more chances. Like he's just, he is what he is, I think. Uh, and so they'll win games. They'll, they'll look great if they get off to a great start and then they'll lose games that, uh, that it just doesn't work out out of the gate for them. Uh, I think that's kind of my read on this team. Uh, it's a team that you can feel comfortable backing if they're up at halftime and feel comfortable fading if they're down. Um, and I say comfortable backing them if they're up at halftime, because, uh, Rogers does a very good job of evaluating the defense across the you know across the line of scrimmage from him. He's got an exceptionally uh, you know a, effective running game in Aaron Jones, and 
that's kind of where I jump to what in the hell is LaFleur doing as far as conceptually shaping this team. Drafting Jordan Love, maybe you fell in love with the guy and you think he's the future of your franchise, fine. Uh, trading up to draft him, excuse me, trading up to draft him was was quite a maneuver there, guys. Good job. Uh, taking A.J. Dillon, running back, who right. I find uh, to be I unimpressive quarterback draft. <laughs> the quarterback props, too. He screwed that up. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's true. Free roll, but still. Yeah. Um, A.J. Dillon, what? what? Uh, that was a complete head-scratcher pick. Uh, really no idea why, you know, you need to – you know, back up the running back position at this point, especially with a guy that really lacks burst and speed and, you know, and game breaking ability in any way. Um, I don't know if he's a pass catching threat either. So he doesn't slide into a Aaron Jones type of role if Aaron Jones gets hurt. Um, And you lost a ton of depth on this team. You lost a key uh, Cog and your off, you know, continuity on the offensive line. We've talked about how important that is. They yeah, let Brian Bulaga walk. Gone. Yeah, um, it, Bakhtiari's not getting any younger. Um, they let a ton of depth on their defensive side of the ball go. Um, the bunch of guys who have made you know meaningful snaps, who have taken meaningful snaps for the Packers over the last two years, are gone. Uh, and the draft that they backfilled with, you know, wasting your top two picks on a quarterback and a running back who I can see have zero potential impact on your season this year whether you liked it or not whether it was active or not you decide basically decided we are not going to compete for a championship in the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay I you did not make any moves in your offseason that signaled we are we are buckling in for for a run at a chip here for Aaron in his final years of his tenure here and that's tough to swallow if you have any affinity for the Packers, especially it's tough to be like, man, you know, cause it, it's, it's mind blowing to me that we sit here and after, as much promise as Aaron Rodgers had in his first three seasons in the NFL to him, for him to potentially call it with only one championship. Like, doesn't that just, it doesn't feel right. But here we sit uh, looking at a transitional period where the Packers are going to be, Maybe divisional competitors, maybe wild card teams, probably one and done in the playoffs uh, for this year and next season. Uh, before you have a very difficult decision to make if you're pulling the trigger on bringing in Jordan Love to see if he's got the got the goods uh, as your first round pick this year. So it it's it's a very very um, confounding organizational direction that they've chosen. And all of the quotes we got from the floor, especially, and, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the draft were, they were failed vision, in my opinion. He wants to shape this team a certain way that is complete antithesis to what works in the NFL in today's day and age. And I can entirely see this going sideways. Uh, it could take a couple of years just because, you know, they have enough talent offensively and defensively. Uh, to win games against the bad teams in this league. Um, but I'm a hard sell on the Matt LaFleur era in Green Bay. Yeah, one Super Bowl. That put him right there at the Brad Johnsons and the Trent Dilfer's of the world. <laughs> wow, that, that stings. Um, 
Yeah, let's see. So he Eli had already had a Super Bowl. I think Eli won his other one after this. So like yeah. whatever it was, like ten years ago when Rogers won a Super Bowl, he and Eli are tied. I mean, put yes. a line, put on a line on who finishes with more Super Bowls at that point. Eli oh, Manning man. or Aaron Rodgers. Oh, it's Jesus. Aaron Rodgers oh, minus four hundred. Minus a thousand, probably. Yeah. Right? People, and then he came out the next season. They went fourteen to two. They were lighting the world on fire, and of course, who won the, the next Super Bowl was Eli Manning, right? Yeah, you're right. He beat it the Patriots very, again. Yeah, very, very next year. <laughs> he, he, and, he and it is Rogers you know, in Lambeau. Football's wild. It's not like <laughs> the other sports where there's a series. You know, one game, any given Sunday, shit happens. Great teams fall all the time. There's been some really, really good. I mean, that. I mean that the sixteen and zero Patriots, the fifteen and one Vikings. There's been numerous fourteen win teams that didn't even make the Super Bowl. I mean, shit happens all the time. But yeah, it doesn't feel good if you're. Uh, f- I mean, just first legacy to only have the one championship. It's not good. Not great. Um, yeah, the, we're just uh, we're kind of flummoxed by the off season. I guess projecting forward. I think we're both kind of on the same page. Eight, uh, I don't. I don't see this team having a long downward tail. Yeah, I don't. No, I, I don't. I, I don't agree. see I a agree. situation where this just six and ten seems tough. to tough to justify. I, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm having trouble getting out of the seven, eight, nine, ten. Like yes, there. That's yes. where it is. We agree. They, they don't have a long downward tail. Like obviously, it, you know, this is we can't project injuries we can say which quarterbacks are more likely to be injured. I, I don't think the line, the line isn't great, but again, Rogers gets rid of the ball quickly. He's savvy. He knows how to take a sack. I don't think he's a huge injury risk. That's how this goes under like seven wins is if he goes out early with Anthony Barr landing on him funny again. <laughs> but yeah, but this is a, this is not, one. yeah. Fingers crossed. No. That was fun. Um, um, this yeah, it's not a team I can see just having an absolute disaster season. So again, like this is bad for the bad for the team. Like they're going to end up with a, a draft pick in the high teens. They, yeah. it's not, that's not great for rebuilding. They don't have a, I don't think they have a ton of draft capital. Like some teams going into next year nope. and they have some decisions to make. I, I don't, uh, I don't envy this uh, another off season here. If, and if Rogers, let's say Rogers, plays okay they win like nine games maybe end up in the playoffs and lose again Mm -hmm. are people clamoring for jordan love next year i don't know i don't think so i don't i I still don't think so so then where does that leave you you're still well let's run it back again like they're just kind of a team that's stuck in a hamster wheel um yeah Hey, uh, what was the? I'm not excited about this. I'm not. I'm just not excited. Like long term, we did this with the Bears. Like, if you're the GM, well, if you're the GM slash coach, if you're the management, whatever you want to say, leadership of this team, what's your best course of action? And then, what do you think the course of action will be based on what normal people do in this situation in real life? How how do you fix this team long term? Their approach is so vanilla to the to the way that they they uh, they go about their off season. Um, they don't spend money very often. They don't uh, they don't they they try to draft and coach up and retain the good players. 
Um, it's a, it's a very, it's a very hard, it's a hard way to do business. It's really, really hard to do it that way. Um, they don't trade often. And, and when they do, they obviously didn't make a good trade. I don't think this year. Um, I, I, I mean, realistically, you get the best offer you possibly can get for a Rogers. That's probably what you need to do. You need to sell the sell. You need to sell Rogers before he, he really has leverage over you as the franchise, because that's coming. Yeah. You got a dead body in the basement, but nobody knows he's dead. <laughs> he, nobody knows he's dead yet. You want to yeah, get, right. you got to right. get rid of him. Hey, um, take him for whatever. Hey, you, you want to know something crazy? Can you imagine being a franchise and having hall of fame quarterbacks for 30 years in Favre to Rodgers. They will have had 30 years of uninterrupted Hall of Fame quarterback play in Green Bay. And they will have won two Super Bowls. Yeah, that's not good. I think the owner's got to go. Fire the owner. I don't know, dude. As much as, you know, I grew up hating the Packers – it's still, I still think it's cool that they have a, an NFL team and uh, like, I don't want to say like a shithole town. I don't want to be mean to the Green Bay Appleton area, but if you've ever been, there, it's, it's like, it's a really small town, you know, mm-hmm. compared to anything else you see in pro sports. So yeah, it's cool. It is a weird, uh, unique situation to have up there with the, how the ownership thing works and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, the GM, maybe the GM should go again. But to to kind of be more serious about answering your question, you need very very you you can't you can't go into next year's draft and say okay we're going to finally draft a wide receiver to put alongside Adams to give Rodgers a chance to compete for a championship. You need to trade assets to get uh, a couple of wide receivers on this team uh, to make just because because you know what you have in Rodgers, he's not going to take a chance. He's only going to throw to an open guy, right? He's only going to do it. So you need to get more talented receivers on this team. Period. I think you do that via trades. I think you give away whatever assets you have in the draft next year and just live with it and make one run at this. Presumably you, you know, you're knocking on the door again for an NFC title. Uh, and at that point, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, the following season you let Rogers, uh, let Rogers go and, uh, you know, get whatever compensation you possibly can. Uh, and, uh, you know, the rebuild begins with Jordan Love in year three. Yeah, I mean, you're, that, pr- you're probably right. Like you, you have, you have one shot. It's probably not this year. You have to make some trades and have a great off season, and then full, full vomit on your sweater, vomit on your mom's spaghetti next year. One shot. <laughs> that was me singing. Yeah, that was good. Um, and honestly, their schedule isn't great this year either. It's not. It's I'm not gonna. You know, it's it's kind of it's a hard, hard schedule. Hell. They're away games. I mean, they They're have hard. away games against a few playoff teams. Uh, even the the Vikings game falls in a tough spot when they host them. The teams that they we, would we're want projecting to have. the Lions to be better yeah. than we think. They do just like everybody else in this division. They get the Jags and the uh, Panthers, which they host both of them, which seems like a waste. But the the schedule's tough, and I mean, just going to the schedule matrix, they have a rough patch in the middle coming oh, off boy, the, coming off their bye. Let's say the Tampa offense clicks, you come off the bye, and you head down to Tampa, who is 
they get extra rest so they, they're neutralized that's neutralized yeah yeah it, it's a tough a tough look to go there and th- that that's your buy off the buy which helps but again if the tampa offense is playing well that's not easy road game which leads it's a really to houston yeah, it's, it's a really, really hard, hard road game because Tampa stops the run so effectively yes. that immediately yes. flies in the face of what LaFleur wants to do. <laughs> Plan A. If they're, if they're yeah. not getting yeah, if they're not getting the the running back passes to click that worked yeah. so well last year and the running game overall, then to Houston, which you know, Houston lost pieces. They still have a shitty coach, shitty GM, but it's still it's a, a tough back to back back to back road game. Come home, and this is you know, a tough divisional foe in Minnesota. You're hosting them, but it's not Green Bay in December hosting them. Mm-hmm. It's earlier, mid, it's mid-season, which... It's like Halloween, yeah. Yeah, you're not getting the super cold, hey, we get a dome team coming up here in, you know, January. <clears throat> and yep. then you go to San Francisco. Oh, plus, you forgot, though, they already saw you once, and, and they and, had an extra week to prepare for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, for, I forgot to say yes. that. Minnesota is not only <laughs> yeah. in a weird sandwich spot, but they're off a bye, then they go to San Francisco. This is going to be a recurring theme here. It doesn't matter who it is. Whenever somebody has a rough patch of schedule, they inevitably end up playing Jacksonville <laughs> somewhere in there. So yeah. I've said this before. I'll say it again. They take out some frustration on Jacksonville. But then right away again, they go yeah. to Indy. Yeah. And then and then Chicago off a bye, followed by yeah. you know, Philly at Detroit. And it does get easier up there, but the middle of the season is kind yeah. of a rough stretch outside yeah. of obviously beating the hell out of Jacksonville. They'll be, you know, a 10-point 10, 10 yeah. favorite hosting Jacksonville. No, no, I, I completely agree with you. you. You called out six games in there where I've seen two and four likely. And that is trouble uh, if you are trying to get a home game in the NFC. Uh, in the playoffs, and I, you know, that, I think that's why it's you know, it's nine wins is probably the, again the ceiling for any of these NFC North teams, or at least nine wins is maybe the, the the finish line for any of these NFC North teams. But you're talking about getting the fourth seed in that regard, and if you're nine and seven or eight and eight, and you don't have a home game, then you're talking about the seventh seed, and now you got to go on the road to like a New Orleans or Tampa or something like that. Like that's hard. Um, so it's it's not a great schedule. It's not a great team. They completely flubbed the offseason and, you know, in just a complete incomprehensible way. It's like, but, you know, we've kind of come back to this. They still have very talented pieces on this team. They still have some very talented defensive backs. They have some extremely talented um, pass rushers. And, you know, they don't have massive holes in the defense, but they also play so small that team that comes at you with a physical running approach, like what San Francisco did to them last year can play keep away and can just yeah. absolutely stomp you with a physical running attack. Yeah. We, so, and we shit on Rogers. They're not he's, really playing base defense. They're playing Roger, like, Rogers you know, is still anyway. a good quarterback. Like you can say he's, he's regressed a bunch from his prime years. There's still going to be a lot of teams that roll out with a lot worse. Yeah. He's he's still an above average quarterback. He's a smart, wily vet. He's a Super Bowl champion. It, it's not the worst thing in the world. They, they're still not going to be. That's that's where I just can't see this being some sort of disaster season. Like it's it's going to be a tight, tight yeah. pack yeah. in the NFC in the NFC North. No pun intended. 
<laughs> oh, I didn't even think that. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> anyway, uh, the kind of final thoughts here. Schedule is tough. Off season was bad. Coach, I don't necessarily believe in his vision. Quarterback that I don't love his ability to come back <laughs> in difficult spots. Um, defense that can't stop the run, which makes the comeback all that much harder. Um, this is the kind of team I'm not going to be betting on very often because the public perception is still too high. Uh, I saw Bet Online open the win total for them at nine and a half. Wouldn't you know that got bet all the way down to nine? If you want to bet under nine and a half, I, you should have done it in February because under nine and a half is minus one seventy eight. Now that was a good bet. If you bet under, I mean, not as good as you know betting the Cowboys over nine, but under nine and a half on the Packers. That what a bet that was. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, um, you know, it's gotten absolutely obliterated to the under. Um, I don't particularly see value in the alts even. Uh, I think under seven and a half is maybe the only thing across their win total offerings that has much value at plus 188. But I would have loved to rather have like maybe plus 220-ish for that number. Um, I think seven and nine is very real possibility, but not like more than a 30% chance. Um so, any interest in Packers won't make playoffs at plus 120. I haven't run any, like, numbers on that. I should take take out my distributions and look at what I think on that now as far as having the seventh spot. That's still tough. Like, uh, run it down the NFC real quick. There so are ten teams in the NFC that I think have a realistic chance to win, go to 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 be in seventeen playoffs. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, obviously you you got four division winners here. Man, they they still just have such a good shot to win the division with like nine wins that I probably don't have interest in that. It just the uh, the likelihood of them winning the division is too high for me to want to bet that plus 120, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, is, uh, yeah, like probably what? Saints, Bucks, Niners, and somebody, Cowboys. Ooh. Yeah, the, they're going to end up in the playoffs. Mm, okay. Um, I am – I have my – I have my my, uh, my bet for the Packers. I have it cute. I have it ready to go. Um and actually, before getting there, uh, can you break down what you think? Like, how important is week one for Minnesota Green Bay? Minnesota's a minus three, minus three point favorite right now. Yeah, I mean, pretty big. It's, it's <laughs> oh. going to be because, yeah, just look, looking at their schedules, like, without, you know, spoiling the broth here, Minnesota's the same team. Like, the, they have kind of the same range. They're going to have very similar outcomes for the season. So, I mean, the, the whole season might kind of, you know, the NFC North title might completely rest on those two Packers-Vikings games. So it's huge. Like, if, if the Packers can get that win on on the road, like, huge upper hand, I would bet them. If it stays under, like, a pick if they win that road game, I might bet them to win the division at that point. Early on, just because it's going to be so close. Yep, and because you don't feel like the Lions really have much more higher, much higher of a ceiling than eight and eight. 
Well, especially if they get that win, that one one road game out of the way, one road division win already. <sighs> Atlanta by boy, yeah, Green Bay. We didn't even mention that. You know, we talked about the tough stretch in the middle. Green Bay hosts Minnesota and New Orleans in the first four games as well before they're by. It's their hard. schedule sucks. It's they, hard. And as much as I want to rail against their schedule, the quarterback regression, the shit roster, just I don't have enough nice things to say about Minnesota to, you know, really fade them too hard. I'm probably not making any bets on Green Bay. Mm, Okay. Uh, Can you line for me what you think the player prop is going to be for Aaron Jones rushing yards? Oof. I'm not good at these. This was something I said I wanted to get better at too, and I said that we should we should look into making some. some What's your perception of, of his stuff. play for life? Like he's like, very like, good. Like he he he's like a five yard per touch guy. He, he he's a fantasy monster. His yards per attempt last year were four point six. Well, I'm talking receptions too. Like oh he, yeah, he, oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. is sure. such a boon to the passing game. Short. Yeah. Seven yards per target last year in the receiving game. He was great out of the backfield. Jesus. I'm trying to look it up right now to see if I can cheat. <laughs> I don't think I don't <laughs> think the, I, I don't even know what he rushed for last year. That doesn't matter. I just 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 uh, just uh just give me a number. Just put him at a solid thousand. Oh man, you were close. See, you should just guess right away. His his total is nine. 50.5. Who has it up? I can't find it anywhere. 950.5. Bovada is the only place I can find it. Oh, I'm um, a sports book. Um, ah, there you go. Um, so Bovada has 950.5 for his rushing yard total. Last year he ran for 1,084. Barely, barely made it over a grant. Uh, in his career, that was a high, obviously. The three previous seasons, 488, 448, 728. 1084. So he's clearly ascending, uh, but that's mostly based on volume. And, yeah, uh, and usage. Usage, yeah. Um, he's got um, kind of a lot of competition now with this new guy uh, that they just drafted. Presumably they're going to want to kick the tires on him at least, if not just use him as a relief mm-hmm. guy. What um, was that? What was that total? What was, what was the juice on that? Minus 115 to the I, under and the over. I just found 1025. 15 cents to the over and under. Are we, oh, are we at sportsbook.ag? Oh, yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to bet that then. Are we doing a, oh, I might do the Aaron Jones middle. <laughs> 75 yard middle. Oh, 75 yard middle. <laughs> That's arbitrage I, there, baby. I'm, I'm not um, 100% sure. 15 cents aside, you're talking what, like, no, but that, I'm, I'm, here's my case for Aaron Jones going under yardage. Um, a lot of, you know, in addition to just opportunity last year, um, they put away a 13 wins last year. He was yes. heavily used down the stretch of a lot of those games. He, he was kind of the key uh, to kind of keeping some of those drives going as, as they had leads uh, and as they, uh, they clinched wins. With the di- more difficult schedule this year, with some of the attrition to this roster, um, I just don't see them having the same, you know, handful of potential wins where they can really lean on Jones, uh, uh, which is going to, you know, make an impact on you know how many uh, how many rushing attempts he even has, let alone um, yards. So, 
you know, he's not a guy that I especially expect to break home runs anyway. Uh, he's a, you know, he is much more of a, I don't know, like you said, he's soft. He's very solid um, as opposed to flashy. Um, and, you know, I, I don't have this, uh, I don't have any, I'm not expecting in any way that uh, we're going to see the same sort of um, opportunity late in games for him to pad, pad his stats, basically. Uh, oh, that's, and, a, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, running, running back usage goes way the fuck up when you win 13 games. Yeah, that's right. In fact, do you want to guess uh, how many yards rushing he had in the three losses uh, for the Packers? Well, like 40 yards a game. Uh, 21, 38, and 51. I'm sorry. Even excuse worse. Me. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Excuse me. 21, 30, and 38. So he is down at about 32 yards per game when they lose. Um, so Yikes. that just extrapolating that kind of into uh, a better, you know, a, you know, more of an expectation of, you know, how he's, how he's going to be used in this, uh, this upcoming season. Um, I'm into uh, I'm into that under. I like what was the number you said? Ten twenty five. Yeah, ten twenty five. Uh, that's that's it for 15. me. I like it. Ten tw- and actually, I, I misspoke. Ten twenty five and a half. I like it. Getting the hook. Never I buy like the it. hook. Always look for it. I like it. Um, never buy the do hook, you, especially you on wanna... especially on one thousand and twenty five. What if they gave you five cents? What is uh? What do you have for an Aaron? Before we move on to the Vikings, what do you have for an Aaron Rodgers uh, total touchdowns and yards? Ah shit! I just closed it. Okay. I'm looking <laughs> are, are at. Are you looking at? Them? I'll yeah. Guess, well, I'm I'll looking. Guess. I'm not looking at Bet Online. I'm looking at a different book again. But if you want to guess. Mm-hmm. Touchdowns mm-hmm. and yards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to put it 29 and a half. You were high. Wow. Really? Yeah. Well, no, no. Like, I'm guessing what the line is, not it's telling you what my expectation is. I, I'm surprised that. Yeah, no, you're high for the line. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Uh, man, I guess he. Uh, yeah. Shit, man. Look at that. Uh, God, man. He had some amazing seasons. Jesus Christ. Oh, Holy he, shit. All time, like you said, Hall of Famer. Two Hall of Famers in a oh, row. Oh, yeah. He hasn't well, cracked 26 I, no, no in, belly, since, no since belly 2016. From Appleton North. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I don't know. It was 25 and a half? 26 and a half. 26 and a half. Wow. Wow. Um, I thought it was low, too, but I'm not betting it. I have no, to research no. on it. Then yardage. Yard, yards is going to be like 399, 3,999.5. 3, You're 100 high. Oh, wow. Which is Jeez, a loser. 99.5. In yeah. Price is Right. That's true. That's true. I'm eliminated uh, from bum, the show. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, those. Uh, okay, so my guesses were high. I would thought there would be some. Uh, you know, some covering themselves from exposure because people, the person, like I, I feel like just they're looking across the, daring you, yeah, I feel like just looking across the look ahead lines. There's still a bunch of fat built into these numbers. Um, you know, like these are lined like the like this is the nine and a half win team that they opened, not the nine win choose to the under that it currently exists as. Like they're favored in one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're favored in nine of their games. Some of them massively. So, 
Um, oh, yeah, like they host Carolina and Jacksonville. Oh, they're flavored in 10 of their games. Yeah, excuse huge, me, favorite in 10 games. Yeah. Huge lines on those. Yeah, they're favorite in 10 games. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, the public perception, I think, is still high on them relative to uh, what they are actually. Um, but the win total number is not bettable the way it currently exists. Let's so. – uh... Let's, let's talk to, uh, about it. Yeah, let's talk about a team. The neighbors, to the, neighbors to the west. Same amount of playoff wins last year. If you drive from with, if you drive from Green Bay to your house, are you driving due west pretty much? Oh no, it's much further north. Oh, it it's is. Up, it's up in the butt crack of the lake there. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's a bay, Green Bay. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's northeast, west, or south, whatever. But, yeah, it's <laughs> it's not on Lake Michigan. It's up on Lake. I think it's Superior up there. Oh, um, yeah, I live – man, I'm almost down to Iowa. Green Bay's on Lake I did. Huh. I did live in Wisconsin for a few years. Green so. Bay is not on Lake Superior. It <laughs> it's on, like, the little – it's on the little, like, dingle dong off of Lake Michigan. There's, like, All a right. little uh, – We are. I'm thinking of Duluth. Oh, okay. Close. Yeah, that's a. Oh, yeah. Anyone who listens to the Ball Boys, you know how my geography is. (laughs) Yeah, the the dongle that comes off Lake Michigan. I mean, nice area up there. I like Oshkosh better, Lake Winna, Lake Winnebago, that whole area. But Mm. yes, um, it's not that far of a drive. I've uh, never been to Lambeau. I don't know if I ever want to. It doesn't look like they have very nice amenities. Historic (laughs) and all, but uh, (laughs) screw that. So, yeah, back to. Somebody with a nice stadium. One of the nicer stadiums in all of the NFL. Gorgeous stadium. I was able to go there to a game where they lost to the Bills by like 30 points. That was a lot of fun. But, again, beautiful stadium. Their season, I don't know what you want to say about last year's season. A little uneven, 10-6. and Playoff team, I don't think anybody expected much out of them. Uh, kind of some goofiness. They lost their offensive coordinator to Cleveland. They're going to bring in Gary Kubiak, old hand. He knows his way around a football. But uh, kind of a surprise win against the Saints. Uh, we were instantly interested in San Francisco minus seven. <laughs> that was That's just a bad matchup. Such that a bad was matchup. Such a gorgeous bet. Like that was just a. Just a hammer spot. Never felt bad about that bet. I uh, I think we did okay in the playoffs. I want to say I had that and maybe the Niners over the over the Packers. Bet against them in the Super Bowl, but the Niners made us some money. Uh, the Vikings, looking at just uh, last year, it looks like a lot of the players that played for Minnesota last year are gone. Like all of them. Yeah. Lost a pretty good receiver. Lost Linval Hungry, Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, uh, Xavier Rhodes, maybe addition by subtraction, Trey Waynes, McKenzie. Lost, I mean, pretty much your three starting corners, gone. Rhodes, Waynes, McKenzie Alexander, all gone. Did some drafting, got a kid out of TCU. I mean, you lose your corners, you trade away a, a wide receiver. At least they went and drafted wide receiver corner. They picked yeah. up a decent, you know, they picked up a decent offensive tackle. Uh, the kid from Boise State. Yeah, I like Here's him. some barroom trivia for you. 
They made 15 draft picks. Wow. That, wow. That, wow. Since the, uh, since the draft went to seven rounds in whenever, the mid-90s, that is a record. That's the wow. most picks. All we could talk about was how many picks the uh, Dolphins had, and the Vikings trounced them by making some trades. And yeah, fifteen picks, and you know what? They have twelve next year. They were so like picking, they were like they were like, um, and they were masterful the way that they navigated it. I felt like it was a, yeah, yeah, no, it was a good draft. They got a shitload of uh, depth, especially in a year where you're not getting to work out undrafted free agents as much. And it's nice to have a big stable of rookies, especially for a team who lost a bunch of players. And honestly, the free agents, they brought in a D-tackle named Michael Pierce. Sure. Um, and Tajay Sharp, and that's pretty much it. They paid Pierce it, a lot of money. He's he's decent. I don't know if he's Linval decent. But uh, that was your replacement up front, a D-tackle. And then they lost... Uh, like I said, a bunch of players off a 10-win team. They're in cap hell. They're paying a lot for a quarterback who hasn't really proven he's, you know, a $90 million quarterback. They got to spend the offensive line, but it's been – at least it's been porous. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, Delvin Cook stays healthy. You've got a very good running back. You've got maybe the best running back as far as when it comes to just the screen game, the screen game was electric. I'm trying to think of nice things to say about them. You know, it's a team yeah. that ended up in the second week of the playoffs, but it's yeah. hard to say a ton of nice things. Like Neil Hunter is an absolute stud. Barn, Kendricks, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, good defenders. But yeah, it's, it's kind of a turnover from last year as far as the roster and they're in cap hell. Like they yeah. were 11 million over, I want to say. And <laughs> starting with a new offensive coordinator who is faced with a head coach who meddles. Yeah. When you have yeah. a defensive, when you have a defensive based head coach and he wants to meddle in the offense, uh, I mean, you have Seattle, I guess. So I, I'm not super excited about the Vikings. That said, they still, they're still going to be an okay team. It's probably, them and them and Green Bay battling it out first to nine wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, their yeah. schedule, uh, you know, we we'll get into their schedule a little later. I don't know what. What did you make of the mass exodus of players? I mean, they kind of had to. You can't pay. Yeah, anybody. yeah. I think. I mean, my takeaways were were mostly um, other than Diggs. I didn't feel like. Uh, excuse me. Other than Diggs and Linval Joseph, I didn't feel like anyone that left the building was going to leave a mark and bringing, you know, and then immediately going and bringing in Justin Jefferson was a nice move. Um, you know, I, I, Michael Pierce, you're, you're giving him $9 million. That's, I guess that's not that much relative to what, you know, Limbaugh got from the chargers, but uh, you know, Pierce benefited from being on, you know, one of the, the deeper and more, uh, you know, have not having a hell of a lot to do last year with with the Ravens because teams were behind by so much, no one was really running on them. Um, and I don't know that he can really create pressure. Uh, so I worry a little bit about getting the same kind of production out of the defense that you've gotten in years past uh, on the basis of their pass rush is old, you know, has taken a decent shot. 
gear. Now they're, you know, they're, they're Achilles heel last year was largely their uh, secondary. Um, and so presumably these are upgrades, uh, although they're young and inexperienced, which is a little sketchy. Uh, but kind of like we were talking about with the, um, you know, some of, there are some other teams where you have very, very strong safety that kind of helps uh, cover up some of the warts of having a young and inexperienced cornerback. So presumably it's not going to be just a shit show where everyone's passing on them with, well, you know, at will. Um, and, you know, like you kind of mentioned, it starts and ends with what is Kirk Cousins ceiling, um, you know, and he's kind of proved himself through the years to be squarely between 10th and 15th best quarterback in the league. You're not going to get a quarterback worse than 15th out of him. Probably not going to get one better than 10th. Um, which is just enough to win you the NFC North this year, but not enough to win you a playoff game, in my opinion. So that's uh, it's probably running um, it back again. Probably running it back. Again. And this is now, a which boring one? division. This just sucks. Like no, there's like no team excites. I guess if I had to be excited excited about a team, it'd be the Lions getting the offense right finally with Stafford. Him having just a monster year and sneaking in and winning the division, but uh, like the the Vikings and Packers, it's tough to get excited. As a you know, I live here. The fans, even the even the guys who every year are way too excited about a team that probably isn't as good as they think. Like those guys are more realistic than ever this year. Like yeah, Diggs is gone. Who knows about the rookie? Like th- those guys are usually. You know, making a case for how we win multiple Super Bowls. Mm, yeah. 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 Um, so there are, be- there are bettable ways, though, to attack this, I feel like. And I think it comes down mostly to schedule. Um, they have a weird, front-loaded, difficult schedule, I think. Um, obviously there's some tough stuff in the final quarter, but the big middle of that schedule looks pretty decent. There's going to have, they're going to be able to build a little momentum there. I think coming out of their bye, assuming they can get that win with the extra rest, having already seen green Bay once. Um, I think the, the Vikings are the kind of team where people forget that they are, you know, they're, they're expected to be a nine win team. And at, cause after six weeks, it could be like two and four ish. Um, so the, you know, I guess the way that I'm looking at their, you know, the betting on this team throughout the season is, you know, let them take their licks first, right? They brought in, you brought in 15 new players. You just said 15 draft picks. How are you getting those guys in, in, you know, how are you bringing them into your system with this truncated offseason? How are you bringing them this, you know, giving them their roles, getting them used to, uh, you know, what you're asking them to do? Uh, with, you know, no preseason games potentially. Like that sets up for trouble for this Vikings team early in the season. And I think we could be in the middle of October kind of saying, wow, this is going sideways. Is Zimmer on the hot seat? Remember when he was on the hot seat a couple of years ago? Uh, And all of a sudden the schedule gets a lot more favorable for them and they could put together a little nice little run and uh, and steal the the NFC North when it's all said and done. Um, Number one, do you agree with my assessment that the first five games of their season has the potential to be one and four? 
Yeah. Um, uh, let's pull that up again. Green Bay at Indy, Tennessee, who just inked their stud running back. That never <laughs> that has never backfired in the history of the NFL. And then at Houston, at Seattle, back to back road games at Houston, and then a back to back where you have to go up to the West Coast. Yeah. Stuff, man. It's not stuff. It's tough, yeah, man. From a betting standpoint, you kind of hope they go two and three. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah. Like, they, it kind of opens up some value, I think, for NFC division, NFC North division, two-way playoffs, whatever like that, because, yeah, the, the schedule does open up later in the season. You still have to – you still have all three of your divisional road games to go, and Dallas, Tampa, New Orleans, but – you got Atlanta, you got the host mm-hmm. Dallas, Detroit, you host Carolina, Jacksonville, you got Chicago at home. And honestly, if you're going to be a team that wins the division, you need to beat Chicago and Detroit on the road. You do. Those need to be wins. Yeah. They're yeah. favored in 10 games right now. So, yeah. So here's the question, I guess, then. Um, if we're not, if we're cold on Chicago, if we're lukewarm on Detroit, if we're lukewarm on Green Bay, why not Minnesota? And there are a couple of, you know, besides just the fact that you're integrating all these new players, there's a couple of classical red flags for why this is potentially an un- win total under team. Uh, number one, they had a massively impressive turnover margin last year. I'm sure you saw that. Oh, yeah. Did you happen to know that that was um, buoyed by 14 fumble recoveries? 14's a lot. Yeah, especially a lot. Sometimes you know the ball is shaped funny. It's not always going to bounce that way. It is. Um, they in they seventeen inches. No, there's no nothing to sneeze at either. Four thirty-one takeaways. I mean, just thirty-one takeaways is a lot. It's a lot. And I don't know if you can count on the same interceptions and fumbles this year for that team. So they're going to be in some tighter games for sure. Um, similarly, they were the healthiest team in 2019 virtually no injuries impacted there uh you know especially key injuries you know everybody you know started almost all 16 games for the vikings and i remember when we did our previews last year we were i was kind of high on the vikings as an organization because it felt like they were pulling out all the stops to invest in the you know the organization generally uh you know they had like top-notch health and, you know, health and fitness, you know, uh, s- systems to keep their players in top shape. And, uh, you know, they, they just, they invested a lot beyond salaries for players and coaches in trying to get the most out of their players. And I thought that was admirable last year. And I think it showed up uh, with them being the healthiest team. Now, is that repeatable or was that luck? That's kind of a tough question because usually when I see a team that, you know, was as healthy as the Vikings were, um, I expect them to take a step back in that regard. Um, and, you know, that they, I thought their offensive line did better last year than they, I expected them to do. Um, I like the role that they have for Dalvin Cook in general. Uh, is he playing for a contract this year? I am not 100% sure where he sits on that. Oh, man. He better not be because they can't afford him. <laughs> we can't afford you. Um, no, the, the the offensive line was okay. 
Like the the tackles did better than I thought, but the interior was rough at times. The elf line was supposed to be the center of the future. It's never a good sign when you move him over to guard a few years later. <laughs> draft is another center in the first round. And both, I mean, both of those guys have struggled at times. Great. The zone continuity, blocking. Though. Yo, continuity, yes. Con- continuity is nice. The blocking, the zone run, the zone rush scheme, the blocking was good. Pass protection, pretty rough at times. So okay. hopefully continuity kicks in and that improves. But yeah, Cousins, you don't, you don't want him under pressure. He struggles enough, man. Yeah, yeah. There are really no kind of DNA uh, kind of characteristics about this team. Like we've kind of we've kind of fired off like a bunch of other nuggets to file away for in season yeah. betting for and the it, for the Bears and the and the you know really the Bears, the Lions and the Packers. Like I know how I'm going to bet those guys week in week out. I'm probably going to fade the Vikings early in the season, but I don't have sort of those DNA characteristics like oh. Well, when this team has a lead, they're going to be able to run the ball well and keep play keep away from you, and they're going to be able to put away that lead because you're not because guess what you're going to be able to pass on these guys. Like there's there's rookie cornerbacks, there's you know there's not a great pass rush. Like teams are probably going to be have some comeback potential against them. Yeah, they weird the turnover margin big plus their sack margin plus twenty. Wow, really? Um, return touchdowns, they didn't allow any. They got a couple themselves. <clears throat> penalties, marginal, they actually had more penalties than they got. I think they were dead last in like penalties that they their opponents committed, which whatever. That's just kind of a weird outlier, I suppose. But they were still, with all that, the turnover luck, the sack, Differential, everything like that. They were still two and four in one score games. Okay. Okay. Like they still didn't win okay. close games. That's okay. Two zero oh and two in field goal or less games. <clears throat> what's uh, what's the future for Cousins? <clears throat> I don't know. Hopefully, torn ACL out of the league. <laughs> yeah, there's too much guaranteed into, money. We don't does he that. go into decline? Does he ever? put together a little stretch where we're like, Oh, nice. Good, good on them. Like that was, that's nice. Cause you know, when they signed him, like, what do you remember when they first signed cousins? Like they had, they were like, we have all of these pieces all around that are absolute blue chips. And we just cannot figure out the quarterback position. They signed cousins and you think, Oh, well, there you go. Here we go. Do you, um, did you feel in the moment? Like he was going to, you know, he was going to be enough to put them over the, um, you know, tip, tip them over the scales because who did they have before him? It was like Case Keenum took them to the NFC title game, right? Sam Bradford. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't excited about it because it's so much money. I thought it was, it was an enormous contract for a guy that, <clears throat> you know, I didn't really know. <laughs> what, what was he like? A third rounder, maybe lower. He he was okay at Michigan State. You know, I'm a Big Ten football guy too, so I watched him there. But I wasn't like excited about him. Like, he he did it right. He took his lumps and took the, you know, took the franchise tag what twice. And, and that was a quote he had when he got to sign with Minnesota. He's like, "This is the first time I got to pick who I'm going to play for since I committed to Michigan State." 
it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Like that does suck. The tag kind of decides things for you. But yeah, I was not pumped. I didn't think like this is the home run signing that's going to put him over the top. I was I was hopeful. Like I thought maybe a little more. I don't want to say continuity is not the right word. Just consistency at quarterback was going to be helpful. And maybe the defense and a few pieces fall right and the chips land where they may and it works out. But I was I was never real, real pumped about this. It's a shitload of money. He's 31. There's still time. I Maybe maybe it's a Kirk Cousins renaissance under a new head coach. Okay. An offensive-minded head coach uh, coordinator combo maybe resurrects his career in a year or two. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. The future of the franchise. How long is Mike Zimmer going to be around? Are you in purgatory in this, like, uh, we make the playoffs every year and um, that's just going to be the way it is because we have a, a, a an ownership group that really cares about investing in this team and we're not afraid to spend and, you know, we're, we know how to manipulate the draft to get young talent. Because, uh, I mean, you know, hey, next year this Vikings team could be super good if they hit on five of their 15 draft picks, right? Yeah, and it, like I said, 12 for next year. Some youth on the offensive line. Um, and who knows, maybe Kubiak. How old is Gary Kubiak? Uh, he's had some hard problems, but I do, don't think he's especially old. Uh, yeah, it feels like he's 58. Okay, I would have said 56 would have been my guess. Uh, I, then this is stupid. Maybe this is a really stupid narrative thing. Doesn't feel like you know, like Stefanski's in his thirties. Who is before Stefanski? I'm trying to think. The guy that got shit canned before that, um, Filippo. Maybe those guys being being younger got pushed around a little more by Mike. Maybe maybe Kubiak doesn't take the shit and says, you know, I'm going to run the offense or I'm out of here. And we actually see an offensive coordinator run an offense rather than. You know, like, like what happened with Filippo, they they start okay, and then Zimmer says we want to run the ball, and it's like, oh, good, you made the team worse. Like they they were trending in the right direction, and now we're a running team, and things aren't going to be good. Filippo's going to get fired. Uh, you know, Stefanski. I don't even know if that's going to be a good hire, man. I'm not sure Stefanski was that great of a coordinator either. Oh um, man, I can't wait to get to the Browns. We are not close on that. I, I like I like him, but man, it's just a sample size problem for me. Sure, that's you know, like that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure. Like he he was able to he, he was the beneficiary of two very good two very good receivers. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, and he has very good receivers in Cleveland too. So who knows? It might just continue to have success with the the passing game, and maybe maybe something to be said. The whole point I'm making about Zimmer butting his head in the fact that Stefanski was able to do what he did with the offense, you know, even being under the, the Mike Zimmer steel fist of hey we're a running team. That's maybe may, maybe, maybe I'm low, maybe I'm lower great on Stefanski point. than that's I good should point. be. That's a, that's kind of the key, I think. So yeah, that, that that's the if Stefanski's good, that's what we'll lean on. Like, oh Zimmer was holding him back. Yeah, did he so, do it? Did he succeed in spite of him? 
in Spain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if uh, maybe if Kubiak, who is assistant head coach, is the technical title to his offensive coordinator, maybe maybe behind closed doors they said we're going to give Gary free reign here and the offense, even losing Stefan Diggs, maybe the offense can continue to trend upward with a very good receiving running back, some continuity at the offensive line, a hopefully explosive rookie receiver, a good receiver. And I, and I don't think Ola B.C. Johnson's like a bad slot receiver. Just he, he doesn't have a – he has a stupid name, first off. Like, it's hard to say. <laughs> and he just he, – he's, he's, not, he's not a well-known guy. He, he was serviceable at times. There's going to be some other rookie. I think uh, Tajay Sharp might get some time. They drafted another wide receiver deeper into the draft from Miami. Uh, if the offensive click, if the offense clicks and the defense is half of what it was, they'll still be a decent team that probably makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm on board with the. I don't think it's a a threat in the NFC. I don't okay. think there's a threat to the NFC title game in this division. Yeah, and if one happens up there, we can fade them to oblivion. Um, Adam Thielen and Ola B.C. Johnson, their statistical profile, not all that different last year, mostly because Thielen only played 10 games. Um, in you know, the like absence, Thielen's kind of a slot guy, but you got to put, I think you got to put Johnson guy. there. That, that, which, which brings That's up exactly worried the next about, question. Yep, you can't take the top <laughs> off anymore. <laughs> And, 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 and oh, by the way, I felt like Stefanski's role with the Vikings when he was there did a really good job of setting Thielen up with routes and with opportunities to gain a shitload after the catch. I feel like I, I don't know where to look this up off like, like super fast. Maybe you do. But can we find out if um, Kirk Cousins had the highest percentage of his passing yards after the catch of any like meaningful quarterback last year. I feel like he did. I feel like Diggs and Thielen gained so many yards after the catch. Um, and I feel like a lot of that was because of the way that Stefanski schemed the passing game. Um, and really Thielen, uh, had two nice seasons when he played all 16 games, uh, but was the beneficiary of, like you said, operating out of the slot, uh, teams having to worry about digs over the top. Um, do we see a step backwards for Thielen in terms of production relative to uh, his peak in 17-18? Because I'm looking at his receiving yards under. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he – It's a big and number. He, and he, yeah, he missed time. But, yeah, like Dalvin Cook had more – a bigger share of the receiving game than Adam Thielen last year. Thielen – Thielen was, you know, if you just want to look at the share of the offensive passing game, and yes, he missed time. That's going to happen, but he's like fifth. Like Irv Smith, Rudolph, Diggs, Cook, they all had, they all had more of a share, and Olabisi wasn't terribly far behind him. So, uh, and, and you know, you get sixteen games out of him. Obviously, that's going to come up. You, you get rid of Diggs, that'll come up a bit. But yeah, if uh, I would, I do worry. Like if if Jefferson can't be, uh, he's not the same kind of receiver as Stefan Diggs. Like people, people kind of pan the pick because said uh, he's too similar to Thielen. I don't think that's a hundred percent fair, but I don't think he's similar similar enough to Stefan Diggs to be a proper replacement. So the offense will look different. 
it's tough to lose a really great receiver like that. But I guess at least they didn't do it the way Bill O'Brien did. <laughs> yeah, like they got, they got, they got some pieces they got for something. it. They got yeah. future assets that were cheaper. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, best way to attack a potential fade on Thielen's production this year. Is it yards? Is it receptions? Yards or touchdowns. I'm going to give you the three lines, and then I would like your uh, touchdowns. It's touchdowns. Have you? Yeah. Are you looking at the three lines? No, but I'm just like he's going to get a good share. Touchdowns is the. I mean, he had that. He had like he exploded for like nine two years ago. Um, Man, I'd be I'd be hammering the tight ends when I get close. You got two pretty good tight ends. That's yeah, something we haven't even touched that. on yet. You got Irvin, Irvin, Kyle are pretty decent. You know, Kyle's getting a little longer in the tooth, but he's a very good tight end. He's he's you know a great receiving tight end, and then I like Irv Smith Jr. quite a bit. What do we think? Uh, Irv Smith Jr. take over the tight end one role? Is he a good run? Does he have good run blocking skills? I don't good know. If we're, quite, we're not quite there yet. Okay. Eventually, um, Thielen's numbers. 84 and a half receptions on receptions 1150 and a half yards. Oh, can just give me under on all three. If he's not going to be seven and a half touchdowns. And if he's not going to be the slot guy as often, if that's the old BC's like, I feel like it's under, under, under the church, the trifecta. I'll split yeah. it. And it's, yeah, and it's just a bunch of uh bang, bang, bang. A really, a really balanced, I don't want to say balanced, not like balanced run pass, but balanced between Jefferson, Johnson, Rudolph, Thielen, Cook, Smith, uh, even some Sharp and Osborne thrown in there. It just a, a really spread around kind of passing game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Plus a, potentially a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> and lot. that too, yeah. Um, okay, Especially so, you know, and, and they are favored in ten games. If they end up being a decent team, there's going to be a bunch of running in. You know, when you end up in games like the Jacksonville game, like point. you know the Carolina game, hosting the Lions, hosting yeah, might the see Bears, a healthy dose of Madison Atlanta. Wait, wait, who is the backup? Is Madison right? Is the back yeah, Mannion, I think Mannion is Mannion's a quarterback. quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Madison and uh, and he might not uh, even be the backup. They got that kid out of Iowa. I don't mind Nate Stanley. Oh, seven round pick, Nate Stanley. Oh, future Tom Put him on the roster. Um, he's no, okay. he's no slaughterhouse, but he's no slaughterhouse. That's true. Um, okay, so in general, I'm I'm cool on the passing offense. With the you know with the change at the wide receiver and the change I mean with the change yeah changes in wide receiver I feel like in my head Stephon Diggs was out there every damn week I don't know that I remember him missing a game really uh, and I remember him getting a lot of double coverage a lot of good CB one coverage I feel like Adam Thielen the full season of that is not the same productive player that we saw when he had a 16 game season two years ago uh, and you know with these unders. Always a potential that the quarterback gets hurt. Always a potential that the player gets hurt. Uh, either, either of those things happen. These unders are pretty much auto uh, auto wins. So um, trifecta unders on Thielen for me. See how that you goes. You parlay those? <laughs> did, you, did you look at this picture of Cheetah's, Cheetah's fall? I did. I was laughing as hard it as It looks could. pretty good. Yeah, but it does. It looks really good. So many jalapenos really, in there. Really, really good. Looks really good. 
Uh, and I laughed at your joke about Whoopa where are the beats. That was quite funny. <laughs> it's like a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a thing. Um, great guest by you. Now, anyone else guess Spo? No, I didn't see it's, anyone else. It's because I, I had it for lunch. Like, I literally had pho for lunch, so it, it's all I could think about. Like, kind of looks like pho me. Um, yeah. But back like to the, so back to the pho, Vikings. Excuse me, pho. 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 Yeah, you don't say pho. that. Pho. The place in town is called Fashal. <laughs> I love a good I don't pun. Think, I don't think they're trying to make it. It's like it's like C H A U. So I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm saying it right, but I always just say for show. For show. <laughs> for show. And shout out to uh, them. That, they, that they, have, they have excellent. That they have excellent. done well through the, God, uh, that is good the quarantine for me. Fucking A, that is good punsmanship. God, that is good. All right, I don't know if the, anyone held on this long for the you're, podcast. You're the, but, yeah, you're the Vikings. Um, yeah. You're the Vikings front. You're the brass. What are you doing in the next few years? Um, well. for back. You know, after getting so much scrutiny from the public for being for our slow start this year, and then roaring back to win the uh, the NFC North, eleven games. Wow. Um, good job, Minnesota. <laughs> good job, guys. Um, next year, uh, I'm leaning more into the youth movement here. Um, I think you. I think that's where you, that's where you got to go with this team. I think you got to keep adding uh, talented young wide receivers. I think you let your uh, you let your O-line gel. I think you actually said it right. I think I, I don't sign Cook. I let Cook go. Uh, if you want to get a second or third always, back in the draft. Always let the running year, back but, go. Yeah. Or trade Cook. Maybe you know, do like a get a get an asset for him. That'd be cool. Um, but you know, you're gonna need a lot you need a lot more help pass rush, you need a lot more help coverage talent. Uh, I think I'm investing youth defense next year. Let's do a quick rundown of the NFC North now that we're through Ooh, it. You know what? Maybe. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I was trying to think of like I, like both the both the Vikings and the Lions. Like whoever does a better job of bolstering their pass rush next season, I'm probably going to bet on the North. Yeah. Oh, um, the Vikings used three plus wide receivers the least amount in the NFL last year. The NFL average was three times the rate of Minnesota's usage. Don't see that changing greatly when you lose a really good receiver. So (laughs) I just, that's, that goes to your, your unders on Thielen. It feels like a lot of two tight end, a lot of two running back sets and a lot of passes to those kind of people. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look hard. I didn't really look hard at the schedule to see if there were some elite CB ones he was going up against. But Jair Alexander's done a good job on on uh, for for Green Bay the last couple of years. He's a nice young player. Uh, Tennessee's got a guy. There's not a lot of great CB ones. This is actually kind of a soft pass defense uh, schedule wise. Yeah, I think so too. So. Um, Maybe yeah. he actually. Does. I'm, I'm calling. I'm just going to stick with touchdowns. Yeah. I think your call, your call on touchdowns was absolutely on yeah. the spot. Under it's the, the bet is not. We're not screwing around with receptions or yards because who the hell knows uh, with this somewhat soft, uh, somewhat soft pass defensive schedule. We're going to go the play preseason play on the Vikings. Adam Thielen under seven and a half touchdowns. Perfect. And I'm I'm not betting it. 
because I don't love it enough, but I'm calling it Minnesota wins the division by like a game. Like it's 10, six, nine and seven lions finish third bears DFL. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. 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 I think it goes bike pack, bike pack lion bear. Yep. All right. Well, good job. Uh, we'll surprise you next week with whatever division we pick. And uh, we have not picked it yet. Even we don't. It. We're not like hiding it. We don't know. We don't know. It'll be something good, though. I promise that. Um, it'll be one of seven. <clears throat> We're not going to redo the NFC North. <laughs> We've talked about them enough. <clears throat> All right. Have a great weekend. Good luck in the golf. And, uh, and uh, we'll, more uh, more videos out. We'll be putting out more of those. Uh, Oh yeah, some great of the bets point. we've already made. By all means, please lay that lay that strategy out. We kind of surprised people with that, probably. Oh yeah, we just kind of said it one night. Like, hey, we should make some of these short videos. So yeah, we're just making two minute videos, putting on the uh, you can follow at Deep Dive Pod, putting them all over there. I'll try to retweet some of them if I remember. But uh, some of the bets we're making as we go through the season. Uh, you were doing yours in beautiful California and mine, it was raining so hard. So I had to do it in the office. I'm going to do a nice outdoor one tomorrow morning, I think, for nice. the rest of your pick. So. Nice. Right, I'll let you go. Oh, if I got to go oh, put dude, my, my draft case. If, we, uh, if we're having like, if there's like fun shit going on this weekend, you're grilling it up or, you know, doing some, you know, having a beer. We got to make these more fun. You know? Yeah. Maybe I'll this have the good. kids film me and I'll just, uh, there you go. Sneak and be like, I oh, hey. This. Hey, didn't see you over there. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. You want to talk coach of the year while I'm grilling? All right. Hey, how you doing? You got me. Um, That's good. That's good, man. Um, All right. Well, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk Monday. See ya.